go again. Gonna wake up the downstairs neighbors. Don't let beat you up. There's a chorus of opinions, but you know what you love. Don't let them tell you no. Don't let them talk that shit. The only thing they'll give you is reasons you should quit. Don't let them get you down. You just stand up tall. Sometimes everybody don't know anything at all. All right, you are listening to Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. And I'm Eric from Mobile. Eric, how'd you get in here? It's so warm down here. The vapors are just, they they are truly, truly just immense problematic vapors here in, in Mobile this afternoon. <laughs> How are things? How are things in Los Angeles, children? Uh, it's pretty hot and muggy, Eric, from, from Mobile, oh, Alabama. Do you have the vapors as well? Uh, well, yeah, there's a lot of vaping that goes on in L.A. Yeah, I have heard as such, yes, the vaping and the vapors of Los Angeles. Indeed. When, when Tennessee, my cousin Tennessee Williams... <laughs> was uh was back last summer. He told me all about the vaping in Los Angeles and the vapors that were there. Now, Eric, are you an old school wrestling fan by chance? You know Jerry Lawler, the finest hunk of man flesh to ever cross a board in Mobile. Of course, that gentleman was, if nothing, if not a refined Southern gentleman. Because you actually you you sound like you could be a uh, a relative of uh, of the old Dusty Rhodes, the the late great Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yes, my Uncle Dusty, of course, yes. He is a fine as well. You know, he makes the finest sweet tea, the, the finest. I wish truly that there was a cup of Uncle Dusty's sweet tea here for me today, but unfortunately there isn't. There's just a whole cup of man over there <laughs> in the recording booth <laughs> named Brian Wallace. Goodness, he is fine. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to have to actually get you to leave, Eric, so we can get Brian back in his seat if that's okay. That that is acceptable. I have an appointment with my stylist in uh, downtown, and I feel I must go. But it's been a pleasure being here with you, gentlemen, today. And please avoid the vapors, everyone. Avoid the vapors. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Eric from Mobile, yeah, what, everybody. What I, yeah, what I, uh, just a great guy, right? He's just sensational. He's a little confused, but he's good. Full of wisdom. I think his family has confused him. And I don't know uh, what he's more excited about, the Supreme Court ruling that gave gay people the right to marry or the Supreme Court ruling that allowed uh, black people to vote. Either one probably was exciting for him living in the South. Yeah, I I thought it was funny that he he thought he was still in the South when he was sitting in our studio here. So he's a little... Yeah, well, that that I put up to his, uh, his probably his incredible drug habit. (laughs) Probably like a lot of drugs. Like, I don't know. He has what he calls his snifter box, but that is not snuff. Or if it is ah. snuff, then snuff is cocaine. Like a lot of cocaine. Question. Because there's there's just two things that I wanted to bring up right away here on the show. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to let Launch. you pick. Do you okay. want to discuss how you and many other people, apparently, were just absolutely stupidly wrong? Or... Do you want to discuss how you apparently have siphoned off some of my power and enhanced it to amazing levels? So do you do I want to declare me lame or declare you awesome? No, 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 no. You awesome. You but only because I have your powers. Yeah, well you stole it from me like rogue. Oh wait, so X-Men. you d- you have you have no powers then now. No, they apparently have, have regenerated. Powers. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're still discussing your awesomeness. It's just that I was awesome just for a second before I went back to being but, awful. But you were pretty much awesome on a on a scale that I've yet to attain. So okay, well I let's mean, talk about how terrible I am first, and then talk about how. Okay, awesome I am. all right. So let's get the bad I saw news Jurassic way. World. Okay. Oh god. And uh, <laughs> um, I get ready I to die, culture. You and Joss Whedon were uh-huh. both wrong, and apparently so uh-huh. were several of the people that got up in arms about the movie being sexist. Because y- you found you found Bryce Dallas Howard wandering around and learning that having babies was awesome, as her only major character development. You found that to be empowering for women. I found it to be not a sexist issue whatsoever. 
and I've discussed this with men and women alike since then, and the okay. consensus is that it had nothing to do with saying, hey, don't be a independent, strong woman. Be a baby-making, Chris Pratt-loving mom. What it was was it was a it was hey, you are an obsessed, work crazy person, gender non-specific. Yeah, you're not a human anymore, and it has nothing to do with maternal instincts. It just has to do with humanity. And they've done the same trope with men a lot in the past. So if anything, this was anti-sexist because they finally gave that role to a woman. But the whole idea was she didn't think of the dinosaurs as live animals. She thought of them as commodities and props. She didn't think of her family members of, as anything. She just passed them off to her assistant. She was a career-driven woman, yes. Yes, but m the fact that you have to isolate woman is the same thing as when they say, like, Oh, I hate to go down this stretch. We've covered this before on past ones with the Ferguson stuff, but how mm -hmm. the media would always want to make sure they they would, depending on how who, which group of people they wanted to get most upset, it would either be um, suspects shot by police or unarmed black man shot by white cop. Right. And we so have gone over that. So you could say, she, yes, she was a career-driven woman, or you could say she was a career-driven person. Sure. Because really, it had nothing to do with the fact that she was a woman. Yes, for the, for the really, really, really belabored and barely there and just downright confusing uh, attempt at so giving them a past relationship with Chris Pratt and her, yes, it, mm -hmm. it, was, a, it was sexual there. Which was weird, by the way, just to the we, we also discussed this, the fact that they played it up like they had some rich history, some sort of big they did, complicated yeah. history, and they dated once. They had one, one date, date according to the, what we finally talk about. It's true. But no, the whole point was like the and some spoilers here, so skip ahead a few minutes if you haven't seen it and you care. But nothing massively storyline wise that we haven't already kind of covered. But sure. at one point the uh, the ga the money behind the park the guy that owns the park they mm. have this scene where they're in a helicopter together and she's very clearly just like sticking to everything on a number basis and by the books and da 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 and he's and he is he is actually saying you know they're 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 animals they they you know they're alive they're creatures you know they're they're yes. you know you know they're not just numbers a, a on view a view he then literally. 20 minutes later in the film completely ignores the fact that he said that so as a character he's completely the most confusingly goofy thing I've ever seen written but yeah oh of course and I'm not saying that the movie was was brilliant or perfect or anything it was I thought it was a fun campy you know it, it made me feel like I was back in the 90s it was fun for that. I could have I could have used one of two things more awesomeness or just let the raptors ride t-rex and just <laughs> turn it into some sort of looney tunes bizarre thing that would have <laughs> been fine but they did but but I'm just saying that like so much was made of the the sexism in it, and like you said, that her the whole thing she learned was that she needs Chris Pratt's penis to be happy, and yep. really it was just more of what I and several other people that I I've pulled I've pulled the people Brian, That's and good. Uh, and it was it wasn't a sexist thing so much as it was it was more about just a person who is so absorbed in their career that they are neglecting every aspect of living a humanistic life. That that was part of it, but I think um, as a filmmaker, if you're going to try and go that route, don't, when she resolves that issue, have her staring at her uh, two nephews adoringly, like somehow, and at Chris Pratt, um, pretty much basically implying that children will solve her problem, and she had a hysterical conversation with her sister, her sister being like, you need to get yeah. down and have a family, blah, blah. And then at the end, her sister is right. So basically, the insane sister was made right. I did not like that. I also did not care for the fact that how many times did she rescue herself? None. It was all Chris Pratt constantly swinging in with his Chris Pratt dong to save the day. Which, again, I, I don't... I thought I she got I actually one shot off. I thought she did get... Didn't she have one moment where she, she actually had to shoot something to save him, right? Yes, they did give her her token moment to shoot a pterodactyl. And I was like, cool, nice job. Mostly, I'll grant you that most of it is sexist by just being bad. 
Like, they just drew the character really bad. She's not a complete person, let alone a complete woman. So, obviously, you. but I, I just found a couple of the shots. I, I don't think the filmmakers intentionally, most, most sexism, by the way, in Hollywood anymore, isn't intentional. Like, I honestly don't think a bunch of dudes were sitting around like, and then she'll clean his house and cook him dinner. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And, you know, like, I doubt that they did that. But it's just that they don't think to themselves, hey, maybe when she comes to her realization at the end, we shouldn't have her staring at children like they're some sort of honey-soaked ham that she's going to devour into her lady parts. So I want to ask you, were you more bothered by that than the super cheesy literally walking off into the sunset that they had them do? Oh, the movie was so bad on so many levels. I actually... My brother, who's been on our show recently, well, he hasn't been on our show recently, but he's been on our show in the past, our first guest. Yeah. Uh, he uh, recently went and <laughs> watched it. Our first guest. He was on the show recently. <laughs> the first time exactly. we ever, ever spoke well, to I someone. Mean, ever spoke to anyone ever. Um, but uh, he came back from it and he was like, what the hell, man? Like, It's like being reminded of a really good vacation you took 20 years ago, but then somebody's peed on all the pictures. You're just <laughs> like, what? Why why are you why did you do this to this? I like this. I even like shades of what this thing is doing, but there's just so much urine and poop on it. Why why? That was my problem. It was it was fun in a nostalgic way, like the nostalgic elements were cool, but they were nostalgic in the same way that I look at pictures of Disneyland when my family went 20 years ago, and then I go to Disneyland now and I'm like, "Oh my god, get me a vasectomy now." So you know. Fair enough. Now, Take before that. we leave movies, just to make it a little bit of a happier conversation, um, sure. I saw Inside Out. And? Uh, well, f- first of all, have you seen it yet? Yes, I have. Okay, good. Um, that movie was so good, in my opinion, mm. that, oh, and also, I, I think I, another little shade of how you were wrong in the past as well. I see. We're going with me wrong. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Pixar has has uh, dropped in quality. Uh, they literally just had dropped in production. It had been a number of years since they put anything out, but I don't. I think the last thing they did was Brave, which was pretty good. Brave was okay, but Brave was not, in my opinion, up to Pixar's standards. That's fair. Okay, was, I just didn't it, know it if did you realized that they had just had been gone. They'd been AWOL for several years. Much, and now they're doing two movies this year, so we're getting double Pixar helping. The Good Dinosaur, There was, I think <gasps> there was a preview for it. That's That's them. right. Yeah, so they got another one coming out in October. But, man, yeah, Inside Out, I, I mean, I'm fine. If they want to take time between like they did between Brave and na- and this to, to do stuff, that's fine because, obviously, Inside Out is, like, the most flawless movie I think I've seen in a long time. I yeah. had nothing wrong. Like, holy crap. I'm just <laughs> – this is – this is spoiler free, but I just have two words to say, and then I I will leave all other potential things out. Bing bong. Yes. God damn it, Bing bong. There, yep. I'm done. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna and say. Two things that I that I that I noticed and really liked. Well, one thing that I I can't really pinpoint anything. It was at some point in the movie I I actually had the thought, and I went with a couple friends, and one of the people I was with actually vocalized what I was thinking which was, I'm really glad I'm seeing this movie. Like, it was just, and it's not, that's not to say that it's a happy-go-lucky, everything-is-roses kind of movie. Like, it deals with sure. some, some serious shit. But um, but it was, I don't know, it just felt really good that something like this exists. Yes. It was a wholly original idea. There was mm-hmm. no prequel, there's no Terminators, there's no dinosaurs, there's nothing that has been in the 90s <laughs> it's just a really good movie based on an original idea, and that was really refresh- refreshing. And you're right; it's like, like it's actually a very funny movie. I laughed out loud a ton of oh times yeah. throughout that movie. And if if you go, folks, stay for the post credit sequence. You will roll out of the theater laughing. It's that funny. It's it's just it's a hilarious movie. But then it'll it'll take a little quick turn down heartstring lane and just play a friggin' banjo plucked. Oh my god, on your heartstrings. So. Yeah, it's it's just flawless. Yeah, it was it was honestly it was probably the best movie of the year. Uh maybe the best movie in a couple years at this point. Um I'd even say that it rivals Guardians of the Galaxy and we know how strongly I feel about that one. Wow. I think right? Pixar I know. Can just if they get an Oscar for this, they should just give it to you and be like, "Can you just 
like put a plaque on our door that says Seth said this movie was better than Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that that's what they, they should put that in the commercials. Seth Yonka says better than Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Dot dot dot. Maybe question mark. <laughs> maybe. Um, but uh, I will say it was definitely better than Avengers two. Um, it was yes, and it was just definitely better, better than, than Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. <laughs> <Well> <laughs> but the other thing that I noticed, uh, kind of as I was like thinking back on it to to be able to talk about it here was this was the first time that I can remember where a movie didn't feel the need to have like an actual carved out villain. Yeah, no. Um th- it was really a character driven ensemble piece that had more to do with who people are and their emotions. Duh, cuz it's about emotions. But yeah, your <laughs> emotions wound up being not the villain, but just uh, any problems in the movie came up sort of organically. They weren't, it wasn't like there was no like leering villain twisting a mustache and going, I will destroy this child's emotions. <laughs> like if anything, she was her own worst enemy actually, you know? Sure. I guess it's a good way to say it. But like all the problems in the film result from the emotions. So yeah, I mean, they, they are their own worst enemy, which is true in real life. Like your emotions are usually your worst enemy. So yeah, that, I thought that was very clever that they did not have a villain. Unless your name is Seth, and then your worst enemy is Brian Wallace. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if they made a movie about your emotions and went inside your head, it would just be literally your brain trying to figure out how to destroy me. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a great movie. It's actually one of those that I, uh, I've i kind of decided I'm going to probably go pay to see again. Uh, I don't think you need to see it on a big screen again, but it's it's worth it. Like I, I want that infusion of like, yay, they did really, really, really well. Yes, yeah, no, I'd agree. Uh, it's it's not like, uh, oh my God, gotta see it, but it just genuinely, you will want to see this movie because it's so good. So it really is. It's uh, if you have kids, go see it. There are many, many things I just don't think kids will grasp whatsoever. Right. But um, but it's it's ah, it's so good. If you don't have kids, go see it anyway because I don't and I didn't. I didn't go with kids. I went with adults, and it, you're no right. Kids. There are laugh out loud moments. We all sat there uh, a few times bawling our eyes out and yep. making fun of each other, the fact that we're all sitting there crying. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a, uh, a great movie and one that I'm going to go see again. Would you like to venture into the land of your awesomeness now? Yes, now that we've established that I'm your enemy, please, let's go into how awesome <laughs> your enemy is. Let's make so that happen. I was really thinking that we'd have an episode devoid of dicks, um, but... It, right. It's not meant to be. It isn't. I mean, nope. um, we we started by meeting Eric from Mobile, Alabama, and I have a hunch he has a collection of them somewhere. He but might. Um, he might. But uh, so it's been a, a long established, well, just fact of nature here on this show that I I wield some sort of power over Hollywood and at times the world, uh, but primarily yeah. Hollywood. I've claimed the world, but I think I've only seen it really reflect in Hollywood for the most part. Where sure. I can, total authority. I can de- yeah, I, can, I, I declare what I want or what I think should happen, and it does. And um, you took that power recently and apparently amplified it to an extreme when you went on a rant about The Witcher 3 or Witcher 3 and how because of the lack of the ability to have gay sex, you screamed out for equality in video games. You yes, wanted I did. Equ- equality between sexes, male, female. You want equality. And by God, Brian, the Supreme Court heard you, <laughs> and yes. they decided to go ahead and make it legal across the entire country for uh, what I can't wait till we just call marriage, but for gay marriage to be... Uh, legalized in all 50 states. Yes, they did. And uh, I think I can pretty much Still not available in Witcher 3, but, you know. Right. Maybe they'll put a download patch in there pretty soon. (laughs) Now that it's legal, they'll be like, oh, we were just waiting on on it being legal in the U.S., really. Now now we can put that patch in the video game, and you can have all the gay sex (laughs) you want. So maybe that'll happen, and then Eric will finally play some video games with me. So Maybe. That'll be awesome. But, Maybe. man, good job on that. Holy crap, Brian. Hey, sometimes I just, you know, I, I hit the nail on the head, and uh, this was a case of that. And I am I could not be more thrilled that I brought marriage equality to the United States, and it was all me. Or it was the good efforts job. of thousands of awesome of 
people over the many decades that they've been fighting for this. And I'd just like to say congratulations to all the gay people in the United States that finally have the same rights, some of the same rights, as the rest of us. Good job. Yeah. Now, and I don't want to get super into all of the backlash that's happened, and I guess certain states are trying to come up now with certain laws to infringe on it. Texas! Yeah. Don't be mean to Eric, Texas. You don't want his Birmingham ass up in your your business. Um, No, I just, uh, what was I thinking of? Oh, I just want a quick thing on the backlash. I don't know about you, but on my Facebook, the day, like, gay marriage got legalized, nothing. No hate. And then the next day, no hate. And then two days later, it was like, all of a sudden, they uncorked the champagnes of, like, and it was literally like, you guys just knew, didn't you, that you couldn't say anything because (laughs) a, a true and right thing had happened and you're all like, oh, we're going to have to wait 48 hours before we can complain about this. Otherwise, we're going to look like assholes. And I just wanted to be like, why do you even have to say anything? Just accept it. Clearly, you yep. have. You shut up for 48 hours. And then you're like, oh, man, now that it's been 48 hours, I can go complain about gay marriage and how our country is no longer America. And I'm moving to Canada to get away. Oh, wait, gay marriage is legal there. Screw it. I'll move to Mexico where, ah, damn it, gay marriage is legal. You literally cannot walk anywhere to go to any country you got to get a plane ticket if you want to get away from gay marriage <laughs> now, guys. So just deal with it. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, first of all, you're 100% right. It, you're, the timeline, I, I, I made a joke about this because I, I did actually post on Facebook the, the day of the announcement how I was shocked that there was nothing but rainbows all over my Facebook feed. It was, I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it was our gay friends. It was our straight friends. It was everybody just basically being like, and it was not even a matter of, yeah, suck it Republicans or suck it conservatives or anything. I, it was I saw, I saw a couple suck it Republicans. I saw a couple of those from oh, did my you? more uh, out there. My my more like this has been a long time coming. Gay friends who were just like eat it Republicans, eat it. Oh, <laughs> eat it. And I was like, guys. Guys, I understand you're happy to win. You know what? Whatever. Fuck it. Just you've been oppressed for a long time. Just get it. (laughs) Do it. You deserve uh, this. I'm not going to argue. I didn't see any of that. What I literally saw more of than anything else was, um, and I even shared the sentiment, was it was just a lot of American pride. People were really, really proud of our country and the decision that finally got made in this country, which it's been a while outside of, you know, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, and or Labor Day, it is not Labor Day. (laughs) Who cares about that one? (laughs) Uh, Fourth of July. Outside of those obvious patriotic holidays, you don't get a lot of proud to be an American moments. Yeah. But you got that with this. Like people, uh, whether they were gay or whether they're just part of the gay alliance, which is a thing. But every time I say it, it, I feel like it's like a weird Star Wars sequel. (laughs) Um, That'd be amazing. Please make gay Star Wars happen, Disney. (laughs) We clearly need to make it happen. (laughs) Do it. Imagine the lightsaber battles. Oh, the colors. Or just put a gay gay character in Star Wars. That would be amazing as well. So, anyway. Well, they had Jar Jar Binks. Oh, I won't. Yeah, man, that thing was asexual. And actually... And actually, I I did recently rewatch the Clone Wars animated film. Mm. Not one of the prequels, but the animated one. I don't know if you've seen that. I've, and, I've heard uh, of it. I'm pretty sure there's a gay character in that because there's one of Jabba's relatives that I thought was a woman Jabba the Hutt character because uh, it sounded kind of southern feminine belle and it sure dressed like it was wearing like like a feathery hat and I thought it had makeup on, but then mm-hmm. I could have sworn they referred to it as Jabba's uncle. So aliens are tricky that way sometimes. It, you just you got to be like, yeah. what am I looking at here? Got to suss Actually, that Actually, that character sounded an awful lot like Eric from Mobile. He does do voice work. Not he has been known <laughs> to. So it could have been him. Um, and he's not been above putting on something fabulous and making those bitches in Birmingham pay attention. And he can say bitches. I thought That's he's from okay Mobile. He has two addresses. He Birmingham and Mobile. Don't ask me why he won't move to New York or, or whatever, but he doesn't. So he's there to bring... Huh. He's there to bring gay equality and gay rights to the South. That's what his power is, and he's doing it day by day nice. by being fabulous and not letting the vapors get to him. <laughs> but 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 so you yeah. were right. The day of, 
nothing but love and respect. The day after, nothing but love and respect. Day three, man, holy shit. Fox News apparently Boom. came back from vacation. <laughs> oh, God, it was bad. Yeah. And on the third day, they rose <laughs> up and struck down all the... Uh, oh, yeah, they were ready, too. I, and, and, like, I saw it, like, it was a variety... Like, the weird thing was I didn't see... Like, it wasn't any middle-of-the-road stuff, either. Like, it wasn't anybody that was like, well, you know, I don't agree with gay rights, but power to them for getting married or, or anything middle-of-the-road or anything. It was uh, literally either, like, a majority, a vast majority of my Facebook feed was people going, yay, gay marriage for, like, two days. And then on the third day... All of a sudden, it was literally, and I'm not kidding you, that's it. We don't live in America anymore. Freedom is dead. Like, there was no, like, r- you know, just middle of the road, like, freedom isn't dead. America's still a country, but gay marriage is legal, and I'm unhappy with the fact. Nobody said mm. that. It was literally, America has died today. Like, I just was, I don't know if you got any, like, middle of the road people who were just oh, like, no. I don't agree. Or, like, I, it's okay. Like, if you don't agree with gay marriage, I mean, I think you're wrong, but... Go for it, I guess. I mean, I hope you change your mind. But just saying, like, but to go so far as, like, America is dead and Obama is Satan. Like, just, I was like, I don't even know how to respond. So I didn't obviously respond to anybody. I was just like, well, y'all have fun. Yeah, I've kind of learned my lesson. Uh, the level of idiocy involved in those debates, it's, it's just, it's painful even to be, even when you're, even when you're clearly winning. And you can just watch them self-destruct. It still takes too much out of me. So, yeah, I, I avoided any confrontation regarding it. But um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just use this as, why not? I'll use this in my soapbox for, you know, because we have listeners all over the country. We do. And I know that I'm sure that we have some listeners, because every time we focus on professional wrestling, I did notice that our, our, our viewership or listenership spikes a little (laughs) so i know that we've got some uh some fans and some listeners that are probably not thrilled with what we're talking about right now fair enough so i just want to use this moment to not alienate anybody but just to i guess speak my piece and if you want to you can if not we'll move on to something else but basically we've covered the fact that we both more so than anything else religious wise uh relate to christian ideals yes sure i would count myself a christian yes though others may throw rocks at me okay so from that standpoint, if anything in the in the Supreme Court's ruling had said that any churches had to marry gay couples in their church, I would totally be on board with all the backlash saying that it's 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 a violation of, of freedom and rights. The thing is, the, the Supreme Court's thing had nothing to do with religion whatsoever. It has to do with the legal institution of marriage that can happen in a courthouse that has nothing to do with your religious beliefs, If and they did not say that churches can't refuse to perform those ceremonies in their church. A church has every right to go by their religious dictates and say, nope, we, we really don't support that, and more power to you, but it's not happening in here. Go down to the courthouse or go out to the park and get an ordained, you know, reverend or whatever or or a justice of the peace that that's all they're not saying you have to do it in church they're just saying that it's now officially legal and they're going to get you know they're going to get the same rights as a straight couple and they're going to have the same rights to the super expensive divorces as a straight couple that's true but just um, just like all those lutheran couples out there now you can be told to fuck off by a catholic priest when you go ask to get married by them yep by by which I mean, like I don't know if you like if you're a straight Lutheran couple and you go to a Catholic church, they'll politely tell you to go out the door because they don't marry you in your heathen ways. Right. That's the thing I find hilarious is that Christians won't marry gay. That Christians will be like, no, we're not marrying gay couples. Fair enough. But uh, also, we're not marrying couples from other denominations either because that's just wrong. Because they're wrong too. Yep. And I, one last thing I, I will say that. is on, on the businessy end of it, because one of the debates I've had with with people is has been. You know, that's fine, whatever, marriage, yada, yada, yada. But um, they feel like businesses should have the legal right to uh, discriminate based off of, you know, it violates their religious beliefs to, you know, to make a, a wedding cake for a gay wedding. You know, it, it's it's always sure. the gay wedding cake thing. Um, and, and the only thing I can say to that is I guess they should. You know, I, I've always liked that we refuse, th- we, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone thing. Except that you a you run mm. a sri- uh, you run a very slippery slope of the same kind of shit we had where it was like well no blacks in this diner 
that's kind of the same thing you're doing. And then also, I just hope that they're not hypocrites. I hope that since the same book in the Bible that, that, that condemns homosexuality also condemns divorce, I really hope that they don't cater to any divorced patrons at all. And in fact, any divorced women, I hope that they try and kill them with stones because that's what their religious beliefs have told them to do in the exact same section. It does. It does say such things in the exact section. Um, there's an interesting thing uh, that I came. I was thinking about when I was thinking about marriage equality because hey, it's been happening recently. Yay, marriage equality. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a restaurant in here here in Los Angeles called Petite Trois, which yeah. is French for small something. I don't know. I don't speak French. Anyway, the owner of this restaurant is gay. He is a gay man who makes. I know, shocking. Right? A restaurant run in a small and large town that deals in five star dining is owned by a gay man. It's Who would have thought? It's named Petit Trois. On the day that a Christian couple wanders into Petit Trois, sits down wearing a shirt that says, I believe in Jesus, and is then promptly told by the waiter, I'm sorry, we won't serve you because of your beliefs. Mm. You have to leave. When that happens, then, then I will go out and I will say, you don't have to make cakes for gay weddings, guys. No more, because they're discriminating against you. So that's the thing. Like, if you... If <laughs> Gays don't discriminate against Christians, despite the fact that they believe something that most Christians believe that being gay is a sin. Gay people clearly don't. So if they can get the fuck over it, maybe you should too, Christians. Just saying it's making you guys look bad. Well, and think about it this way. uh, From our our horror story on Halloween down in West Hollywood, you know, we've talked about the fact that uh, when our women wanted to go dancing, we always knew the best place to go is West Hollywood to the gay clubs because, A, <laughs> we don't have to pay covers as dudes because we just get waved on in. Awesome. B, there's always the potential for us to get free drinks if we look cute enough. And C, we don't have to worry about random dudes groping our women on the dance floor because we're in the gay community and they're more likely to grope us than they are to grope them. More or less, yes. I've, I've yet to experience when we've gone to that environment ever feeling discriminated against because we're straight ever yeah no they, they i mean literally it's called a gay club and there are male dancers everywhere in, in very brief briefs <laughs> and at no points have i ever felt like being straight was wrong there like oh you're a straight man get out yeah i mean I, i'm sure yeah. they were a little disappointed when they looked at this and were like oh you're not into guys and i'm like yeah i'm sorry and they were like oh that's disappointing <laughs> but at no point did they turn around and be like get out Stop tempting us all with your gorgeousness. Like, That's I, true. That they they definitely really, never, so. ever, ever said or probably even thought that. No one has ever said that, and I really appreciate that from the gay community, that they've never really held being so beautiful and being straight against me. I, I'm really grateful that they've done not done that. So yeah. You know, and, and I think that actually goes beyond the gay community. I just want to let you know, I don't think anybody in the world has ever felt the need to hold your beauty against you. Yeah, that's it's. I think it's a sign of the times, really. Yeah. that uh, the world is so advanced now, and I, I'm really happy that we're living in that day and age. You speak of a sign of the times. I want to. Uh, I want to talk about something uh, about how times have changed outside of what we've been talking about. Um, but okay, uh, new topics time. All right. But before I do that, actually, because I have a feeling I may rant. Oh. And I. I. I know we wanted to we wanted to cover just briefly a little bit of sports talk before uh, before I uh, launch yes. into my tirade. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you. What's going on in the sports world, there, uh, Mr. Trailblazers fan? Well, the Trailblazers have decided that um, much like people who do home makeover shows, they're going to take everything down and rebuild. Uh, so my beloved Trailblazers <laughs> have gotten rid. They're gonna of take a good team and flip it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, they were a team that made the playoffs last year, um, even made it through the first round of the playoffs. Um, and unfortunately, four yep. out of their five starters have left in free agency. W- of course, LaMarcus Aldridge, long t- he's like the second second highest scoring blazer of all time behind Clyde the Glide God Drexler, um, has left to go be a San Antonio Spur. And I know I want to speak just for a minute here. I'd like to speak. I know we have some Portland Trailblazers fans who listen. And I just need to say to you guys, like two, I'm sad that like a million, literally everyone in Portland listens to our podcast because it's so good and it's <laughs> clearly so Portlandy. So thanks everyone in Portland. Yes, um, I know there's a lot of Oregonians out there that listen to our podcast, and and you're 
you, like me, are confused and hurt a little bit that he would leave, that LaMarcus Aldridge would leave. But I just want to say he didn't go to Los Angeles, guys. Not only did he not go to Los Angeles, he didn't go to the Lakers. He snubbed them and laughed at them and said that their presentation was terrible and then went to the San Antonio Spurs, which I get it. I get it. San Antonio Spurs are amazing. Their coach is amazing. He gets to go learn more basketball from Tim Duncan, who's amazing. I don't begrudge him going to the Spurs. As sad as I am about him leaving, if he had to leave, he's given us nine amazing years. I hope he enjoys San Antonio, and I will cheer for LaMarcus Aldridge when he comes back to Portland. However, I will not be cheering for the Spurs to win. That's just the only caveat. So I just want to say it's okay, Portland fans. It's okay. Good things are going to come, but we might have to wait some more on top of the almost 30 years we've been waiting. <laughs> Keep waiting. Yeah. Now, so, yeah, that that was the big sad news in Portland. The Bulls didn't lose anybody, though. That had to be kind of nice for you, really. They kept Jimmy Butler. They could have yeah. lost him, but they locked him down really quick. So. Okay, so he did officially get locked down, because that's the thing I keep oh, yeah. checking on. I keep waiting to see who are they who have they lost, and I haven't seen any names pop up, but I also didn't see any confirmation that they held on to anybody. Uh, no, they basically, the only thing the Bulls did was they got their draft pick, which was a really good kid out of Arkansas. He's a power forward. He'll be a nice backup to Taj Gibson and everybody. Um, that's it, really. And to be honest, they don't really need to add too many people. They're already a pretty amazing team. So, Well, th- I guess the big change for them is uh, coach. Yes. I mean, that part, losing losing the guy that's coached you and been an amazing defensive coach. We'll see where that goes. We talked about that earlier, but, yeah, that is a big change. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, when Tom Thibodeau wins a title with uh, whatever team he lands with, that's going to be really embarrassing chicago yeah. oh wait <laughs> everything in sports is embarrassing <laughs> in chicago <laughs> hey not, not hockey Gee, and I, until the season starts Gee, next year we can hold on to Gee, the fact that we've true. got the we've got the cup hockey's not a sport <laughs> hockey isn't a real thing that's a canadian myth it's a lie i forgot jay cutler for a minute there <laughs> i'm reminded now uh, i hope he's enjoying having an off season of not being talked about by me but come because we come for the first week in september I'm going to come out with both Jay Cutler guns loaded. <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful season for the Bears. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Okay. Anyway, uh, you know, good news. Uh, the Cubs did get Chris Bryant, their rookie third baseman, is going to the All-Star game. And Anthony Rizzo, their first baseman, going to the All-Star game. So good job, Cubs. Got two guys in the All-Star game. Not not a bad yeah. haul. And they're, uh, and I, I think this is the furthest into the uh, – the season they've ever been without officially being out of the playoffs, right? They they still could potentially do something interesting this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, they could still make they they have a chance at the wild card berth, which usually they're um, out of the race for that in early March, yeah, before the season even starts. So yep. it's very nice to see them kind of hanging with. It. This is definitely a record, right? Uh, record for Cubs, uh, not since the heydays of Sammy Sosa and steroids have we seen such quality progress from a Cubs team. Man, so do you remember those it, days? It's been exciting for them. You remember those days of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire just chasing each other for the for the asterisk loaded uh, home run record. <laughs> yep, and then old Barry Bonds stepping in there as well and yep. being like, "Hey, me too, guys. I take lots of drugs. Can I be in the chase?" It was just really nice. Yep, to back in the day, uh, we lived in a time where we actually had live action bobbleheads playing baseball. It was impressed. Mark McGuire was nothing if not a live action bobblehead. <laughs> Truly. A stunning bobblehead of great proportions, and uh, it, I mean that was kind of in the there like I, I me and baseball broke up when I was like ten, and so most of that happened. I still followed it kind of like just like oh hey they're they're judging it, but it, they had a strike. I don't know if you remember the strike. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Way back in the nineties, I was a kid, and they went on strike, and I was playing in little league at the time, and I was like I don't understand how I'm doing this for free and everything's awesome. And uh, somehow these guys, like millions of dollars isn't enough. Now, of course, it's astronomically even more than that. But I just decided, whatever, I love baseball too much and I came back. But, yeah, when I was a kid, totally, uh, I, I, I did follow Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire back in the day and was like, yes, I'm like you'd go out in the yard and just like hit baseballs. I, I'd hit tennis balls because they'd go further right? Um, over the fence and piss off my neighbor. I'd take like an entire can out there and just <laughs> pop, pop, pop. McGuire home run. Oh, my God. McGuire finds that Wallace is the actually the greatest home run hitter of all time. Who is this Brian Wallace kid? He's clearly the greatest baseball player since the great Bambino. You you couldn't have set up a better segue because that's what I wanted to talk about is, uh, is, is childhood. 
I don't know if you can recall it very well. Oh, I was well. going to talk about Babe Ruth. I was gonna You're going to talk about Babe I'm Ruth. I'm excited. Babe Ruth. Yeah. Childhood. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I, uh, it's, it's really been grinding my gears, you know, what's been going on lately with Babe Ruth. Um, <laughs> right? So <laughs> it's so topical. Uh, no, um, I know there's been a lot of years and probably a lot of cobwebs in the memory caverns and a lot of alcohol has probably dulled a lot of the memories of our of our youth, or at least it has for me. I don't know about you, mm. but you mentioned, you know, playing out in the yard, you know, smacking, smacking some tennis balls around, pretending that, they, you know, they were baseballs and you're on steroids. Yep. And uh, and I remember I remember playing uh, like games like kick the can. And we had like we had neighborhood, like not organized is, is is too fancy of a word. There wasn't I mean it wasn't really organization other than it was like hey we're all meeting at so and so's house at nine o'clock at night, and and not to like teepee it but to actually have like the whole neighborhood got together and would play like nighttime games like uh, a giant ass capture the flag match where you know you'd use cover of dark to be able to to try and like hide and and you know do shit. Yeah, yeah, um, I had that when I was a kid. It's just, I mean, uh, you, you literally took the luck of the draw. Like, if your parents moved, you hope they moved to a neighborhood with cool kids because, damn it, if you moved into a neighborhood with weird kids that, like, wet themselves and stuff, you're just like, crap, I can't wait till we move. Uh, not that I ever really had that problem, but <laughs> y- you were literally at the mercy of wherever you lived. Well, you were no the weird internet. kid that wet himself. Maybe I was that guy. Probably. <laughs> I did actually wet myself once as a child. Yeah, just let that one hang. Bang. <laughs> yeah. And a few times as an adult. Only when I drank heavily and tried to get out of a Hollywood club. <laughs> that, well, that can't be held against me. <laughs> that bouncer punched me right in the bladder. <laughs> How was I supposed to hold it? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it. You know, I remember a time when uh, you know we. I I feel like such an old bastard saying this stuff, but. It's just nowadays. I remember back before all the damn iPads and the and the the, the phones with no yeah. cords. But no, legitimately, we had Game Boys, which were the size of computers. <laughs> Sadly, yes, there were some there were some handheld video games that were larger than some tablets that are and laptops are today. It's true, but no, I mean we uh you know we found things to do that. You know, th- our parents would literally kick us out of the house for the day. Mm. You know, it's like d- it's it's summer. It's nice out. Don't come in unless it starts raining. Sometimes you can come in, right? Or it gets dark out. And uh, and 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 it was. I remember. I remember not frequently. I don't want to make my non-Jewish Jewish mother sound horrible here, but I do remember times when, you know, it, if she didn't actually lock it, we were told that the door was locked. Like, don't come in, type of a thing. Like, you know, she was, you know. She was going to be doing whatever she was doing. I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> and she, you know, it was like, it's time for the kids to be outside and play. There wasn't, there wasn't all day TV watching. There wasn't all day uh, on the internet uh, doing shit on, on tablets or, or even video gaming. Now, granted, I'm listing things that I genuinely appreciate and love now. I'm not trying to be one of those people that says technology has ruined our world. This is a different rant. This is a rant about parenting. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, like, if you were a kid back then, you would probably have told, and they, like, the only reason I didn't, I wasn't on an iPad constantly as a child is because they didn't exist. Like, if an iPad had existed, I would have tried as a child to be on it constantly. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Kids don't need to blame. But parenting, I'm very curious what you want to say about parenting. So, yes. We've talked about some of this off, you know, off air, but there's a... I was reminded of something. Something happened recently. So I'll start with I'll start with what really just made me realize that that w- <laughs> somewhere along the way our generation became parents and we uh, clearly were not ready for it because okay. holy shit, we don't know how to we don't know how to wrangle kids. As you know, I I live in an apartment complex out here in LA and uh I I kind of like where I am now except it's it's a family-oriented complex. Uh, and I don't mean only families welcome here because I live here and uh, I, to my knowledge, I don't have any children. I, there could be some out there I'm not aware of, but as far as I know, no kids. So Other than Tim. Other than Tim, but we don't talk about Tim. Right, we Fuck won't. Tim. <laughs> Tim can just eat a dick. Uh, you got to bring dicks up every episode, don't you, Brian? At least once. <laughs> At least. So anyway. Then I have to tell your made-up child to go eat one. So yeah, sorry. I just Okay, I'm done. I'm done. You're a... You're a shining example of adulthood, Brian. <laughs> I'm clearly ready to have children. <laughs> You're not at all disproving my my what I'm about to say. So go ahead. Um, but no, with families come children, right? Sure. Usually. 
So, unfortunately, in this apartment complex, there are some kids and there are some teenagers, which wouldn't be so bad if they had any form of parenting whatsoever. A couple weeks ago, I was hanging out with uh, with a friend of mine, uh, and we were just leaving the leaving the complex, and we see fire truck lights down uh, down the way in the in the parking lot area at one of the the adjoining buildings um, in the complex, mm. and there's people just you know all all the residents of that of that particular unit uh, building are all outside, and I and I saw. I saw at least one mom that had a a very young child, and this is this is dark nighttime. This is after like nine or nine thirty at night, and I see I see at least one mom. I think there might have been a couple out there with babies that clearly they've now had to drag out of their beds or out of their cribs. Right. And uh, and they're all standing around worried, you know, uh, you know how many of their belongings are going to be torched. Uh, what are they going to lose in this fire? Only to find out there is absolutely no fire, not even a kitchen smoking incident that set off an, a smoke alarm or something. It was a false alarm pulled by some of the teenagers in the uh, in the building or in the complex, not that building. Wacky, right? I know. Just it's fun little stuff like that, and that you know that would be. It wouldn't be something that would have made me think anything other than, well, that's bullshit. I'm glad it wasn't my building. Fast forward a week, and about. A little before six o'clock in the morning, I get woken up by uh, a, a loud, shrill alarm sound in my building, and I find out that, by the way, when the fire alarm goes off in my building, there's uh, individual speaker sensors in each of our apartments that go off very loudly. Wow! Yeah, so Frankie is freaking the shit out because his little ears are getting, you know, murdered by the sound. He he runs and hides under the bed. I stumble out of bed and uh, much earlier than I ever want to be up. Mm. And uh, and of course, you know, wander outside just to make sure that you know. I, I first was gonna try and just go and put pillows over my head and whatnot, but I I was like, well, you know, to be safe, I better I better make sure nothing's on fire, or if there is, you know, get start getting Frankie and important shit out of here. Sure. And uh, and there's a there's a gr- another collection of uh, very very tired, very angry adults all huddled up outside, and and sure enough, it's another false alarm. Uh, fire department gets called. We have to wait for them to come and turn it off so we can go back in. Uh, one poor bastard j- had just gotten home. Uh, for he worked nights, so he had gotten home at 3 a.m. He was home for less than three hours trying to sleep when that when this shit happened. So he, I don't think any judge would have convicted him uh, yeah. if he had found the the kids that did it. About an hour later, so a little before seven in the morning, building right across the parking lot, that that fire alarm gets pulled. And just again, and it's loud enough that it wakes us up over in this building. And so finally, the uh, the maintenance guy, I guess, saw the last one happen, and uh, they saw the a teenager booking it, and he followed him enough to see that he met. Uh, he didn't recognize that kid. Apparently, that kid doesn't live here. He just, you know, came out of the property and was pulling alarms. Right. But he met up with a kid that does live here, and the maintenance guy recognized him, and so they were able to actually, uh, you know, contact the police and talk to the parents, and they basically told the parents, you know. If this happens again, your asses are evicted. So when I found that out, because believe me, we all contacted the office to demand, you know, <laughs> to know what was what was being done, because this was not going to become a daily occurrence. Right. And so they did let us know that they were able to track down who it was uh, that did it and talk to the family and let them know, like I just said, that if it happens again, they're getting evicted. And all I could think was, man. I know this isn't the case because we live in a society now where you can't even spank a child, but I really hope that kid got his ass handed to him. I hope he went to school bloody and bruised because <laughs> if I was a parent and I, and I find out that my little shithead is about to cost me my house because he's being an ignorant little piece of shit, you better believe I'm going to I'm going to pull a Bing Crosby and get a sack of mandarin oranges so they don't leave marks. But I am going to make sure that his fingers don't work well enough to play video games or pull fire alarms. I like that our podcast has like advice. Hey, folks, <laughs> just so you know, mandarin oranges won't cause bruises <laughs> when you beat your children. Uh, this has been another fabulous tip from Seth Yonka. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, you know, I do what I can. But yeah, it, it, but it made me realize. Dear Adrian Peterson. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, Sorry, he, I couldn't resist. If it. he had known, if he had known about the oranges, he would. You, yeah. Your your fantasy football season might not have been fucked so hard last season. Yeah, exactly. Just Maybe saying. I I should have written him about the oranges. Clearly, but God it made damn. me realize that um, that basically. Uh, it made me think about my, uh, you know, my upbringing, and and while granted, I was by no stretch beaten or abused at all, mm. but I damn sure got, you know, when I earned a little bit of an ass whooping, I got one, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Liam Neeson Taken style ass whooping, but you know, there, you know, there wooden spoons, you know, were used occasionally if need be. Sure, I will say from what I can recall, my mother was a saint, and she tolerated way more than I will. But I do remember also there was a time, I don't know if this ever happened to you, where a wooden spoon got broken on my butt. And all I can say is the worst thing you can do in that instance is giggle. Do not laugh. If they <laughs> break the instrument, just you act like that hurt like so bad because if you laugh, they're finding something harder and sturdier. Otherwise, the mandarin oranges are coming out of the hope chest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. No, I was, I was spanked as a kid, um, and I don't think I came away the worst for it i i've actually i thought a lot about whether i would spank um my kids or not i think it would have to be something like very severe for me to spank them i don't think i wouldn't but i think i would rather rely on timeout. but like i do think people there are people i see that spank their kid for like way too many low infractions like oh, i remember yeah. when i was growing up i had a friend who I won't even say his name or anything, but like, like his parents would be like, "You didn't take the trash out." Wham, wham, and I'm just like, "Jeez!" I mean, <laughs> that's a timeout worthy event to me. That's not like, don't smell like it. It would always be my parents had a thing with direct disobedience. If they told me something like, "Do not do this," and I did that thing, that was it. You know, that was it. Get the my dad was getting the belt. You know, right? And it wasn't like they like you know leave bruises or anything on me or anything. But you know, there was usually like. It was more about the psychological impact of it, which I know is what a lot of people argue against. But, I mean, knowing that you're going to be punished for something if you do it in direct defiance of society's laws is something I think you need to instill in a child. Otherwise, they're going to grow up, and I'm not saying every kid that doesn't get spanked is going to be a criminal, but it sort of says to that kid, I can do whatever I want, and society isn't going to have, can't fucking touch me. So, you know, I think, it's, I think it is important to, like, show your kids some, if not spanking, something that says you cannot just flout rules that people in power make right because and you don't like them and, you know? and i would so i think that is important i would agree with you that timeouts i think are, are a good way to go for some things i think pretty much what it needs to boil down to is if it is blatant and maybe repeated direct defiance yes yeah if it is something that they're doing that uh that can directly cause them harm and so it's one of those things where you're like don't do this because you're too young and stupid to know this, but you'll come away without a head. Right. That's the sort of thing that yes, maybe grabbing and spanking to to you know a little bit of a little bit of temporary pain to try and prevent them from doing lasting damage themselves. And then the other thing though has to be I gotta say when you're fucking breaking the law, like this fire alarm thing. I know it makes me sound like the crotchety old man, <laughs> like they're not getting their football back now. Right. Get off my porch. But it it really is you know because because yes, I guarantee. As a child, I did some stuff that was probably against the law, and I, as an adult, I still do. Never will admit that on any sort of like a recorded podcast or anything. That would just be silly. That would be stupid. But even I knew better than to pull a fire alarm because of the simple facts of, A, all you're doing is being a disruptance. Uh, disru did I make up a word there, disruptance? I think I did. Uh, yeah, it's usually disruption. Pretty sure I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you made up disruptance. Yeah, be so you're being, you're being a disruptance. And a disturbance. You, you yeah. damn hooligans. Disruptance. I like it. Uh, well, yeah, you're a disruptance and a disturption. <laughs> um, and uh, and so, you know, you're basically you're being a pain in the fucking ass is what you're being when you're doing that shit. And you're not benefiting in any way other than knowing, ha, 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 I was a pain in the fucking ass. But on a more serious level, um, the fucking fire truck that gets called out every single time, I'm sorry. I know it is their job. And I know that they will still respond when there's an actual fire, but I'm willing to bet there's a little less hustle. Right, to your 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 block when they're like, oh, it's the damn kids again. Or I, I would say, what if, you know, those kids are pulling the fire alarm and there is a fire somewhere else. Yeah. And people are burning to death in that fire because it takes those firemen an extra time. No, it is. When your kid is actively harming society, <laughs> which I'll grant you, pulling fire alarms is... A dick move, uh, but it, I think it labels more on stupid prank than 
you know, attempted murder. Right. But still, you are potentially, your prank is causing, there's a difference between a prank that's like, oh, well, that's annoying, like TPing someone's house or uh, the million other things that kids do to do pranks. That I get, like, nobody ever, as far as I know, died from having their house TP'd. Maybe they're cleaning it or something, (laughs) I don't know, but... um, like that isn't like a that isn't like a oh man we need to get the authorities called into it. it once once you have police or firemen or an ambulance there your prank has failed as a child and you're going to get your ass whooped or you should in my opinion. Yes, yep. I agree. Well, and I'd even I'd even say, you know, it's it, it would be labeled as a prank if it was they did it once and they were done. But or even if they, you know, they did it once every so often. But right. when they started hitting multiple times in a single, you know, couple hours, I was like, okay, why the fuck are you up so early? First of all, when I was right. when I was your age, my ass slept until five minutes before I had to be in class. Exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. It's one of those things, though. It, it but it made me realize that it, it all stems from not just with disciplining, you know, I guess, but also just parenting in general. Um, we've gone, and some of it is economy based. We've gone from a society where it did used to be. You know, and yes, I know it was usually the husband would work and the wife would take care of the kids, and that's sexist to say. So I'm just going to say one parent would be able to work, right? And the and the other parent could stay home, regardless of gender, and you could actually pro, uh, provide for a family and create a savings and have something to retire on. That was fine, and you had households of t- you know 2.5 children. I always feel really bad for the 0.5 child. Um, it's rough, but it's rough for him. Beyond that, I'm just to. To throw like a thing in there as well. I mean, uh, a yes, I know you're doing the, the non-sexist caveat, but I mean, yeah, there was a time in America where uh, the dad could make enough money to feed the family, and both parents didn't have to work. I I remember a time when I was a kid when I had a friend who had a single mother who could work and support her and her son using one job, and she still had time to go to school. Nowadays, I keep hearing about single moms that are working like two to three jobs trying to get through school. Failing miserably, they barely have time to raise their kid. Right. So yeah, I think it definitely like when you come into like like so all sexism aside, it's just the that that part sucks ass, and I think it has led to a decline in the quality of parenting for sure. Yeah, and it's one of those things though where um, so it is partially you know economic based because you can't have both parents in the house or even sometimes one parent in the house because they're both working at least one job sometimes yeah. more than one, uh, but. Even taking that off the table slightly, because I will say something I've noticed is if you look at more middle class uh, families, those kids seem to be the most level headed. Mm. It's when you get desperately poor that you have people uh, getting involved at a young a- younger age in crime uh, type of activities and more mischief and whatnot. And it could stem from anything from literally trying to help provide for their family or just a desperate outcry for attention because they've been neglected their entire lives but the problem is at the other end of that fucking spectrum you have the super richy rich ones and their kids are fucking worse usually because that's when you get your your little sociopaths because they 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 could have attention and love but instead they're just showered with things things that make noise and are f- and flash and I feel like Lewis Black at this point but it's just nothing but fucking apple life <laughs> everything apple and yeah. and it's like I can't wait till they come out with iParent where literally hey, I own an iPhone and an iMac you do but you don't have a fucking kid and if you had a kid I'd be willing to bet you would share your knowledge and love of music and sports and know- and knowing you and your brother fucking ungodly insane amounts of trivia with your kids <laughs> more so yes. than hey look at this thing that beeps so that's you true. know it's one of those things where you know it's just the it it's th- it's the families that that seem to just barely have enough to get by they find uh, the time and the ability to raise level-headed kids it's the families that that don't have anywhere near enough to get by and the families that have way more than any family ever needs seems to be creating a an army of what is going to be running our world, you know, if we don't all just cook in the in the insane heat that we've been dealing with on an increasing basis. It's true. Um, yeah. Basically I, what I'm saying is I, I, I'm a I'm a big advocate for uh 
uh, I don't know, fucking living on the moon. Can we do that? Can we? Can, well, you've been you've been sending people to Mars if they don't see movies. Can I go to Mars? You can, but nobody n- nobody will have seen Avengers: Age of Ultron there, and you're gonna have nothing to talk about. So, I don't know what you're gonna do in Mars because there's a whole bunch of really uncultured, you know, Philistines there. Right. But good luck. I doubt they're raising good children. Um, no, I, I I would say actually that the one thing that I see in parents and bad parenting, and I'm not a parent, so this is me just making shit up here because I don't have yeah, a kid. Yeah, I think but it's fair to say I think bo- both of us need to say that we do not have kids, right? And and so we uh, yes we know that there's a certain amount of we need to shut the fuck up, but that's <laughs> our show. <laughs> Go ahead. But no, uh, like I would think that uh, the thing that I see in good parents is that they know that. Love equals time to their kid. If you spend time with your kid, like uh, obviously quality time, you get out the oranges and beat the shit out of them. That <laughs> <laughs> don't spend too much time with your kid. But, but you know, like if if your kid just is into science, I don't know, into oceanography, and so you take your kid to the library and check out some books on oceanography, and you take the time to read them with them, and you go to aquariums or whatever, you try to encourage, you spend time with your kid. That shows your kid love. And I've noticed that those kids tend to grow up and be quality human beings. Uh, in the, in the, I remember the kids I knew uh, when I was growing up who I knew had parents that clearly spent time with their, so- their sons and daughters. Those kids, as I, the ones I still kept in contact with, they've grown up to be largely good people. And the ones, the ones I remember who, who I heard of who had parents who were not good. Uh, like I remember there was this kid, and I'm going to go back here as long as we're talking about childhood. I remember there was this kid in junior high who used to bully the crap out of me, and I never understood why. Like, he just hated me. Like, I, didn't, I never had said, like, more than word one to this kid. And uh, he used to just shove me down on the ground and try and get me to fight him, and I just, I never would, because mostly I, there was just something about him that seemed desperate. Like, it just seemed mm. like he wanted, I was like, w- honestly, like, like, if he'd given me a reason as to why he hated me, like, I hate you because you wear a, a pink backpack or you, like, uh, you dress like a, a a gay guy that I hate and want to shove gay people around, and I'm hateful. Whatever, I, I get it. I, I I by the way, I was wait, very fashion wait, conscious wait as a, a child. I was I gonna say, to did out. you have a pink backpack? Um, yes, I had a pink and purple backpack, and yes, I dressed very fashionably. I know that is somewhat. Uh, I'm sorry, gay people. If you don't enjoy the stereotype that you dress and look well, I don't know what to do with you. I'm sorry, you should enjoy that one. <laughs> I I dressed. Like a uh, a tiny Neil Patrick Harris, and uh, I felt good about it. So, uh, and he used to like if he, but if those were things like he didn't pick on me for that. Like those weren't things like like he would just shove me down and call me you know a whole bunch of names, and I didn't understand. I'm like I don't get it. I feel like I'm missing something here. But I found out later on that his dad was in jail and his mom was an alcoholic, and so I look back on that kid and I just feel sorry for him really because and uh, shockingly I did find out later that he grew up and he's in jail now. Um, what? Right? Who saw that one coming? It's um, it says to me that he really wanted to spend time with I mean, with you dad. think about it, probably that was the only thing. I'll go to jail with dad. <laughs> but, like, it just, it, to me, that's, like, the recipe for being a good parent is you spend time with your kids. So, obviously, don't go to jail. That's a very bad way to spend time with your children. Or don't become an alcoholic. But, like, that's what the damage you see. Or it can even be something subtler. Like, you were talking about, you know, richer, the, the rich kids that are can be very damaging because they can go out and, you know, get drunk and ram their Ferrari into some poor couple on their way home from somewhere and everything you know, kill them. And then it's like, cause that, that was a story, by the way, I'm, I'm literally quoting a news story uh, here in LA. There was a story about a kid on Mulholland drive yep. who got ripped on drugs, uh, was driving home and his parent in, in a Ferrari that apparently he owned. It wasn't even his parents. I'm sure they bought it for him. And he was, he went off the road, hit this couple that was on their way home and they died and he lived. And now he's on trial. And I think he's, I don't know. He gets off or goes to whatever. But anyway, he killed two people because he was a douchebag. And I think he was a douchebag probably because as he was being raised, his parents put a lot more. They were more interested in making money so they could give things to their kids and less interested in spending time with their kids to make them, you know, not murderers. That really would have been a nice part. It's a mixture of wanting to like make a bunch of money to give them, you know, give them things. And also uh, one of the things that I, I've, I saw on Facebook, which I know, you know, it's not exactly a hotbed of, of intellectual thought all the time. But there was a thing, a post that I saw where it said parents today need to stop worrying about being friends with their kids they need to stop being afraid that their kids are going to hate them 
and start being afraid that their kids are going to be psychos. Like, take the time now to be a parent and tell your kid no. Tell your kid they can't do any fucking thing they want. I've had this conversation with my parents before, and I've told them, I told them that I'm, I feel very fortunate because as messed up as I am, I am at least semi-level-headed because I didn't have a super friend-friend relationship with either of them growing up. And yes, that does cultivate decision time when you're formulating as, an, as a young adult of, okay, so am I going to be the type of person that feels the need to keep secrets from my parents, or am I going to just make better choices so I don't have to hide things from them? But, the, but the, at, the, at the end of the day, I'm now a slightly adjusted adult that actually has a great friendship with both my parents because now they're like you're fucking 30 we're we're done raising you we can now now we can be adults that hang out but but back then we had to be authoritarian people and that's what is lacking now i think i think there is some of that lacking um and like we talked about there's a socioeconomic factor uh that goes into that and uh you know, I d- like I like you say, we're we're a different generation of parents. Every every generation of kids and people is going to be. I mean, at their baseline, they're people. I think there are people out. I I know a lot of people in our age range who are who are excellent parents. Um, but I also know some people that just like every other age range, uh, could use some work. Uh, <laughs> they don't spend much time with their kids, or they spend too much time with their kids, or or you know, there's just all sorts of different factors. It's about balance, and I think in parenting, it's about like I said, time equals love and you love equals discipline in some ways, you know, like you got to discipline your kids. If you don't, if you let, I mean, if, if you know that your kid is doing something like pulling fire alarms that could get them sent to jail, because that is, by the way, a jailable offense, yep. like not, I don't know if it's jailable, but definitely hauled in front of a judge offense to be pulling fire alarms. If your kid is doing that, it's the same as if you had a baby that was trying to touch a hot stove. That kid is really doing something dumb. And if he's allowed to do it, it will hurt him to the point where he will damage himself. And, you know, that like you've got to like so if you don't discipline your child when they do shit like that, you really don't love your child because you're letting them touch a hot stove. So to the parents of people pulling who <laughs> whose kids are running around pulling fire alarms, I hope maybe not black and blue as my co host wishes you would get out the clementine oranges and go to town on. But uh, I'm just saying that if you do use the clementine oranges <laughs> We won't be any wiser because apparently they don't leave birds. I'm just saying. Beat your children is what <laughs> I'm saying. Beat your children. Is. That's that's the message we have from our show today. Beat your kids because you love them. And, and you know what? On that note, I think that the, there's no better way to end the show. Uh, Brian says it best. Beat your kids, folks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But we are actually out of time. Uh, <laughs> we did it. I told you I would rant. I told you we needed to clear out all other business before we got on this because I was going to go... Hey, we were ready. But but there you go, folks. That's what happens. When you take away the dicks from Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors, you get completely unwarranted parenting advice from two people that have never had children. Exactly. You're welcome, folks. I bet you miss the dicks now. But if you have been uh, offended by anything we've said, feel free to let us know on Twitter at DNeighborsBand. You can also email us at DownstairsNeighborsBand at gmail.com. Of course, you can visit us on Facebook. Brian finally decided what our new cover photo would be, and I just want to tell you, it's adorable. Definitely, uh, we do want to thank you guys for all the feedback. Uh, we do appreciate hearing from you as we uh, as we do these episodes. But uh, thanks for listening. This has been Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. I'm Eric. Damn it, Eric, get out of here. I'm Brian. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. Stay clear of the vapors, y'all. Beat you up. There's a chorus of opinions, but you know what you love. Don't let them tell you no. Don't let them talk that shit. The only thing they'll give you is reasons you should quit. Don't let them get you down. You just stand up tall. Sometimes everybody don't know anything at all. This has been a Dry Run production.